This was not a well-written movie, man. You're grumpy. It's true. Radio Drone. Welcome to another Thursday night. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Cecil T. Robot. That's me. Peter won't be joining <laughs> us. Peter won't be joining us tonight. But what you guys need to do is go to AdamandEve.com. Use the promo code Drome, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get fifty percent off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free sex swing and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. We probably should have done this two months ago, but screw it, we're doing it now. We're going to take a look at 2017 and the and the movies that have come out so far. So this isn't quite a halfway through the year thing. We're a little late for that. But Cecil and I have decided we're going to look at the year so far in film and see what worked and what didn't. Let's start right at the beginning. The very first film released technically in this year, we did not start out strong with Underworld Blood Wars. I haven't seen it yet, and uh, which is kind of odd because I'm a really big fan of the Underworld movies. I've enjoyed uh, all four of them uh, to various degrees. I think the first two were the best, but uh, I was kind of excited that uh, they were doing another one. And then it kind of came and went, and it's been out on video for a while, and I haven't seen it yet. So I haven't really heard good things, but that's never stopped me before, especially because a lot of times people bitch about stuff. And then I'm like, you know what? That wasn't bad at all. But I can't say one way or the other. If it's good or if it's bad, I just know that it's Kate Beckinsale in tight leather, and uh, uh, at least uh, it's got that going for it. And apparently Charles Dance is in it, who I really like. I have not seen the last two prior to this one, so maybe... I did not like the movie because I'm technically not caught up on the franchise, although the the two that I missed I've heard were terrible. It was it was really bad. It had well, a terrible three plot. Was... It was poorly directed. The editing was bad. The script I thought Blood Wars was awful. Three was a prequel, so technically you really don't need to see it because it wasn't even that wasn't even Kate Beckinsale. That was uh Rona Rona Mitra. That was uh Rona Mitra who was the original Tomb Raider. She was the original Lara Croft uh model. Then it was good. I kind of liked it, but in in the grand scheme, that's the one you really don't need to see. Four was kind of uh a new beginning to a certain degree because uh the second Underworld more or less ended the war. <laughs> so they had to kind of come up with a new thing and they had this girl who was like uh, the new chosen thing and I thought it was okay I liked it and because um, it's just I was just enjoying the fact that we were getting an R-rated uh, werewolf vampire movie because uh, they're so few and far between anymore but again I was I was looking forward to this and still haven't seen it I guess this year I mean J- January is typically a dump month but this year they seem to have really put 
that to the test because we also got Monster Trucks, you know, that movie that was shot three and a half years ago, finally dumped on us, The Bye-Bye Man. From what I understand about The Bye-Bye Man, I have not seen the uh, the unrated cut yet, but apparently from a few people I know that told me, like I saw it in a theater and thought it was terrible. I had a few people tell me they're like, look, they're like, it's not going to win any awards. The unrated cut was the version that they should have released into theaters. They said they cut the theatrical uh, edition to ribbons. They're like, they completely destroyed that movie for theaters. And so, again, I haven't seen the unrated cut yet, but I've had numerous people telling me that the uh, the version that was released to home video, way better, and takes it from being a complete pile of shit to at least a somewhat dumb, entertaining film. See, now, I, I can't speak to part of that because I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on video, and I would say I hated the home video version. So if the theatrical version was even worse, that says something. The theatrical version was awful. Like, people were laughing at how bad it was. Like, every single time somebody died, it was off screen. They didn't focus. Um, like, you could tell cutting things too early, and uh, there was just a lot of really bad moments in it. It was so disappointing. Uh, and that was one where I believe that got delayed close to a year. Like, it was done, and it sat, and because they, they started running ads for it like a year before, and then finally they ended up dumping it out in January. January. And I think it's probably because they were fighting over whether or not to release it R or release it PG-13. And then they end up releasing a PG-13 and it bombs. You know, it's it's crap. So I don't know uh, if it's going to be good. I mean, you didn't like it, but you don't like anything. So there, <laughs> there's that. Well, I don't know if it, if it's like dumb and like like entertaining, then I then you know it is what it is. But I will I'll I'll report back when eventually I I see the unrated cut. Well, and then there's there was also monster trucks. When you've been sitting on a kids movie for three and a half years and you finally put it out just because you need to put it out. I haven't seen monster trucks, but there's nothing making me want to. Well, it's a $150 million kids movie. They had to release it to try to recoup some of that money, regardless of how bad it was. I would have gone to see it if it wasn't Paramount, but I'm not going to go see it. I'm not going to waste my money and time to go see it and do a review just so Paramount can claim it. And then I can't make any money on the review. So it's it's was not worth my time and effort. I thought it looked awful and it probably is i can't say for sure if it's uh if it's good bad or whatever i like lucas till and jane levy aside from that car you know aliens that live in cars like what director's kid came up with that idea get it monster trucks get it exactly no pun intended i'm split on split because I think the first half to the first three quarters were great. Once he basically becomes a monster running around at the end, I thought the whole thing fell apart and it was like Shyamalan just had no idea where he was actually going with this. So Split, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I think it's a terrible third act. How can you say that when you find out what you find out at the end? Of course he knew where he was going. I mean, that was the whole point of the film, because the whole point of the film, tune out, people, if you haven't seen it yet, because big-ass spoilers. But, like, I was really enjoying the film, but I thought that he was just crazy, that he had multiple personalities. Which is and what then, I thought would have been better. Had, no, I thought it, it the, having, having the, the reveal at the end was 
I, I, it's one of the rare occurrences when I'm watching a movie. I literally cut, like I, <gasps> like covered my mouth, did like a, like an old lady. Like I was shocked at that. It, I just sat in my chair like, oh my God. And, uh, and then I heard, you know, I heard a, a girl behind me go, I don't get it. Well, and, and then we had, Triple X Return of Xander Cage, which my girlfriend made me watch this and cause she loves Donnie Yen. So that's seriously the only reason she wanted to see this was Donnie Yen. This was a train wreck. I thought this movie was, yeah, dude, let's like make a big action movie like 90 style man to for two and a half hours. This, this movie was so dumb, so ridiculous. And I, and I think they thought the point was the more ridiculous we make it, the more fun we make it, where I was just going, please kill me to make this stop. This was so terrible. I was, it was painful to sit through Xander Cage. Okay. You're old. And <laughs> Xander Cage was the the uh, last Paramount movie that I reviewed because uh, I had bought the ticket and, uh, and then afterwards realized that it was Paramount. So I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So I just like when I put my review up, I just put the poster and I put in big block letters. This is a movie review. And they they surprisingly didn't didn't claim it. I I was torn because when I'm watching it in the beginning, I'm like. All right, they're being really ridiculous. What are they doing? But as the film went on, I could see. I'm like, okay, they're intentionally good. Like they keep one on the one upping themselves. All right, we're gonna be dumber. We're gonna be even more dumb. All right, we're just gonna be completely over the top, ridiculous, stupid. And I started to kind of get into it because I was laughing because I loved a lot of the 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 over the top, really like push to the envelope '90s, you know, dude radical movies. And this was like almost a parody of that but played seriously and that made me laugh at it more and so i thoroughly enjoyed it on the second viewing the first time i was kind of like this i don't know and then the second time after i kind of already had been through it i watched again and i laughed my ass off i'm like this movie it completely is is tongue-in-cheek the whole way and if you can go in and watch it and know that and not even take it serious one iota then you will just laugh at it and enjoy yourself and have a lot of fun. That was my whole thing with it. It's not a movie that I would recommend because simply I think a lot of people are more in your camp where they would just look at it and be like, what the hell is this crap? But if you can be, if you can look at a movie and realize that it's being ludicrous and laugh at it, then just roll with it because that's totally the kind, that's totally the movie they made. I, I disagree with you on that. Now, this next one I have not seen, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember you have. Resident Evil, the final chapter. I've heard this is unwatchable. Sadly, it is. Now, I am somebody who I have very much enjoyed to different degrees all of the Resident Evils up to this point. They were far cry from the video games, <laughs> but <laughs> they uh, they had... A, an enjoyment to them. I liked the story of Alice. I liked all the ass kicking. I liked Mila Jovovich. I liked uh, just the the stuff that they threw in there. There was a lot of clever, neat little ties into the games. Some of the games influenced the movies. Some of the movie influenced the games. And I enjoyed all of them. But then Resident Evil, the final chapter, for some unbegodsnown reason, film editing by Doobie White... 
Doobie man. Doobie white. Oh, I, when I saw that pop up at the end of the movie, I'm like, that kind of explains this. The movie looked like it was edited with a wood chipper. It's probably one of the worst edited films I've ever seen. There is cuts every millisecond. It was unwatchable. Is it actually worse than 13 Ghosts remake? It's worse than, it's worse than the 13 Ghosts remake. Wow. If, if you can believe that. Like 13 Ghosts, the, 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 the remake seems almost quaint by comparison. This, I really, I, I should do a video about it, about how I, I almost want to just watch the entire thing and tick how many edits were in this film. It, it's, it, it hurt my head. Like there were a few times where I had to like turn away from the screen and like first person shooter games and movies and stuff like doesn't don't bother me. But the fact that like they were editing so rapid fire, you could there was no way to follow the action. There was no way to follow what was going on. There were scenes of dialogue where they're editing like 50 times a second. It was unbelievable. And it really pissed me off because I had been enjoying the Resident Evil movies. And story-wise, I thought that it was pretty good. I mean, it was on par with like the other movies as far as, uh, you know, there's all kinds of betrayals and there's this guy's alive. And no, it's not really, it's this guy. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. And then it all culminated in, in this uh, big end finale that I would have loved to have been able to watch, but the editor didn't want me to see it. It's going to be definitely the worst edited film of the year, but it's one of the worst edited films I've ever seen. What about then once we enter February? Now, I did not see Rings. As of currently, it for it is the worst movie of the year. This was another Paramount man. I must have I must have been ballsy. Why didn't I go see Monster <laughs> Trucks then? Because uh, you you were making up an excuse to not go see Monster Trucks. And it, you know what? It could very well be. I was like, I'm not going to go see Monster Trucks. I'm Paramount. And then I'm like, oh wait, I saw two movies after it. Whoops. <laughs> I I could have seen. Well, it's seven seven eight months ago. Cut me a break. I don't. Rem I thought. And you know what may have happened? Maybe the maybe my Paramount nonsense was just starting right around here, which is why I don't I don't recall. It's been a while, and I just I'm annoyed by them. But Rings seriously is the worst movie of the year thus far. It's it's horrible. It's it's boring. It's ter it's terribly acted or not terribly. It's terribly directed. The story is stupid. There is just nothing good going on in it. I was completely annoyed, irritated. I figured it out way early in the movie. It just sucked. It was so bad. I've seen a lot of crap this year. There has yet to be anything that reaches that level of crapulence. Well, and then now I did not see the the Batman Lego movie because I don't like the Lego projects to begin with. And I'm not a Batman fan. So if you want to talk about that one, we can. But then there was also Fifty Shades Darker. No reason for me to see. The great <laughs> Same. Walk. The Great Wall, which bombed and didn't look interesting at all to me. Cure for Wellness, which didn't look anything, which didn't look funny at all to me. Fist Fight, which didn't look funny at all to me. Just for right now, focus on those and we'll talk to the two big movies. We'll talk about the two big movies from February after that. Haven't seen Lego Batman. Have no in, well, I'll probably see Lego Batman eventually. I uh, have no interest in the Fifty Shades movies. The Great Wall I did see and I thought it was like okay. I thought, um, it for, it was an all, 
it, it was an all Chinese production and they like it was just hilarious. They had all these people that are like, uh, oh, it's Hollywood whitewashing. No, it was a Chinese production that they distributed it through Universal, but it was Chinese producers, Chinese directors, Chinese actors, and they wanted to get worldwide recognition. So they put in one of the biggest actors in the world. They wrote the part for Matt Damon. It was okay. Like I was kind of hoping for more, but uh, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was, it was, uh, it wasn't as colorful as I would have liked, but I didn't like, I enjoyed it to a certain degree. I, I thought it was like for as big a deal as it was, it really wasn't as big a deal as it should have been. Uh, I have uh, Cure for Wellness sitting on the desk in front of me. I have not seen it yet. I had zero interest in seeing Fist Fight and the only other movie to come close to Rings was a movie called Collide. And uh, that was apparently that sat on a shelf for like a year or two. It was and... Baby Driver for the retarded crowd. And we'll talk about <laughs> Baby Driver in a, in a little bit. But it was Baby Driver for retarded people, wasn't it? It's certainly was because i had i i when i saw rogue one i like the first time i saw it i was excited because it was star wars then watching it again like i was disappointed watching it at the time uh i really was unimpressed with felicity jones i thought that she was easily the worst part of the movie and she was the main character and then seeing her in collide i'm like oh god She's just awful. But that was the whole reason why they released Collide, because the movie sat on a shelf and then Rogue One ended up being a huge deal and had her in it. So they figured they would try to capitalize on that. And uh wow, Ben Kingsley enamored with Burt Reynolds and Anthony Hopkins is like a gangster. And Anthony Hopkins looks embarrassed to be in this movie. He I mean, he literally you can almost see in his eyes going, help me. Yeah, he he was paying off a debt or something. It stunk. It can't, like it was very close to being rings, but the uh, to to beating rings for worst movie of the year. The only reason it didn't was because there were parts in Collide that were so bad that I was laughing at how bad they were. Whereas Rings, I was angry. And then there were the two big takeaways from February. No, I liked one. I did not like one. First, we had John Wick Chapter Two coming out. I liked it a lot. No, I want to be very clear here. I like the first John Wick better, but that doesn't mean Chapter 2 was a bad movie. I just think the first film was a better film. It's, it's like when, when people talk about their, the Raid movies. I liked Raid 2, but I liked Raid 1 a lot better. That doesn't make Raid 2 a bad movie. When it comes to John Wick Chapter 2, I really did like it, just not as much as the first movie. And then we have Jordan Peele's Get Out, which I thought I didn't think worked as a movie, it would have worked great as a part of an anthology film. Because I think as a 40-minute short, it would have worked perfectly. As a 90-minute movie, I did, I thought Get Out, it, it wore out its welcome, and it just kind of kept beating you over the head with certain aspects of it. So I think Get Out being a 90-minute film actually hurt the story in this case. Okay. I'm kind of with you on John Wick 2. I think that John Wick 2 is excellent. It is an excellent action film. It is entertaining. It kicks so much ass. I enjoyed it. I liked how it was bigger and they expanded the scope of things and it just was really, really good. However, the first John Wick was such a breath of fresh air. It was, it was introducing us to this really unique character. The whole underworld, it just was new and it was something different and it was incredibly enjoyable. And so chapter, so chapter two, very good, but same thing. I liked the first one better, but again, doesn't mean that two is bad. It means that two is a great follow up to an excellent film. Get out. 
I enjoyed a lot. I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, funny when it needed to be. I thought it was scary when it needed to be. My only gripe against it, and this is not the fault of the movie, is that I think that people kind of lost their mind over it. I think that it's very good, but I don't think that it's as, as good as people are making it out to be. And I saw it really before the hype train completely kicked in. So I saw it and liked it and enjoyed it. And I will buy the Blu-ray whenever uh, I can, because I would like to see it again and kind of listen. I'm sure he's probably got a, a commentary track on there, but I enjoyed it very much. I was surprised by it, but I don't think for me, it's not going to be in my, my top 10 of the year. Well, and then we go into March. And we open with Logan. I'm not a fan of the X-Men movies to begin with. Maybe it's because I didn't see Logan till three or four weeks after all of the hype about, oh my god, this movie is so good, it's so adult, blah blah blah. I thought this was a very bad film. I didn't care about any of the characters. I, you know, I, I see all these guys, oh my god, Logan's dead. That, you know, guys are like, oh, it's okay to cry at the ending. I'm like, why? It was a bad ending. It just, I didn't like Logan. I didn't like how it was shot. I thought the screenplay was, is, was just full of holes. Logan did nothing for me. Well, you're old and suck. And I'm going to stop calling you old. You, uh, But I will say that you suck because you don't like – how could you not like Logan? Logan was seriously one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. I was just enamored with it. I thought the performances were incredible. I thought the story was great. It was very sad. I wasn't crying at the end, but I could feel it tug in at the heartstrings. And uh, I just thought it was tremendously well done. I, I, I thought that the, the I, script had far too many – coincidences in it far too many wait a minute like in the theater i'm thinking when when they're watching like the video of, of her narrating what's going on with the x project i'm like she just said she's in rooms where she's not supposed to be she's clearly narrating over this while it's being shot because the audio is not cutting between cuts in the edit that she made in this you have to get this video out i made this right now and i'm sending it out and it's clearly edited within the movie and then nobody's noticing she's carrying a camera and I'm just, and then like Logan finds that phone in the room that's completely torn apart and it was just hidden behind the dresser. And it's like, oh, the one spot they didn't look. And th the whole film is like this. I, while I was in the theater, I'm tearing the film apart going, that's idiotic. Wait a minute. That's only happening because the script needs it to. This was not a well-written movie, man. You're grumpy. It's true. It's not my favorite film of the year, but it was at the point it came out in March. Kong Skull Island was freaking awesome. Still haven't seen it. I will see it soon. I had to, I'm catching up on a lot of movies and that's one, uh, I will, uh, I'll be checking out soon. I loved Kong Skull Island. And then we come to like Beauty and the Beast. Don't care. Didn't like the original. No. Don't give a crap. I have and zero then... interest in yet another Emma Watson movie. And then, then there was the Belco experiment, which I did not see in the theater, but I did see just a month or two ago. Yes, I don't like James Gunn, and I think his screenplay is one of the things I did not like in this, because all the characters still talk in snark, and you know how I cannot stand that style of dialogue where everybody's a snarky jerk all the time, you know? The idea was good. I thought the performances were good. It was the screenplay, not the plot, but the screenplay of Belko Experiment that let me down. I was very angry at the screenplay. I liked the ending. I liked the implications of the ending. I liked the ideas. I think James Gunn's screenplay is what pissed me off about this movie. Strangely enough, haven't seen it yet, so uh, I can't say. Well, then we go Train Spotting 2. Didn't like the first one. Don't care. 
Yeah, I haven't, haven't seen it. I like the Power Rangers way more than I was expecting. Cause the I, thing was, I didn't see, this is the one I didn't see because I'm not a freaking Power Rangers fan. I am like, I am kind of a moderate Power Rangers fan. Like I, uh, I had it rekindled in me because what happened was right around this time, completely intentional, Twitch ran a marathon of every single Power Rangers episode from like the first one all the way up to current. And there's hundreds of them. Isn't there like 600 some episodes or something? Some obscene, I don't even know how many, but a ridiculous amount. So I had been watching that while I was working. I was watching that just while I, you know, I had it on for pretty much like three weeks straight. And so I got like a major crash course in Power Rangers episodes because I missed a lot of seasons. So I was kind of on the fence i didn't know how they were going to do it because it's like are they going to try to do it like too serious or whatever i thought it was a great balance of seriousness and humor uh, i know peter hated it now i'm only going off the trailer but it looked like chronicle meets power rangers uh kind of but not really yeah i thought it i thought it worked really well i don't know really enjoyed it i thought it was fun i thought it was funny i thought uh it i bet was... you wanted a crispy cream after i certainly did want a crispy cream that is product placement i can get behind i thought that the crispy cream bit was hilarious and perfect i like i thought they just nailed it with that like that to me is how you should do uh, a product placement like they they kept calling it out and it like happened and it was just i uh, i really laughed my ass off at that so yeah oh. that that was really well done then we come to life which is basically what if alien were a worm and i thought this was a terrible movie not only was it predictable as hell i'm gonna say shame on you columbia pictures for the for the trailers for this movie not only do you actually show the ending of the movie in the trailers but they really sell this as a ryan reynolds movie and it is not He's killed relatively quickly into the film. But you watch those trailers, they make it look like Ryan Reynolds. Because remember, they started advertising this shortly after Deadpool became a huge thing. They really make this look like a Ryan Reynolds film. I managed to not watch the trailers. I, If I was in the theater, I was watching Twitch on my phone while uh, the trailer was playing. But I did hear it, and I was annoyed because the Goodnight Moon thing, I'm like, are you really going to put Goodnight Moon in a trailer for a horror movie? This is stupid. But I just saw it uh, maybe a month ago or so, and I thought that it was a better Alien movie than Alien Covenant. We'll, <laughs> we will get to that. I got a lot to say about Covenant. Oh, I, I know, but I'm just saying it's it, Life was the better Alien movie than Alien Covenant. Which is not I, saying much because life was bad. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but I don't mind that they were selling it as a Ryan Reynolds movie because so many movie, so many movie trailers anymore, they go out of their way to spoil the movie. And so for me, it was kind of like Executive Decision where they sold that as a Seagal movie. And then Seagal, you know, and gets up throat, you know, getting thrust out of the, out of the plane and dies like 15 minutes into the film. With this, I like that, that it's like, you know, here's the big star and he's the first one to get it. So it's like, all right, this is, you know, anybody's up for grabs. So I kind of like that. Uh, I was really disappointed with the ending. I didn't see it in the trailer because, like I said, I was avoiding the trailers. But I thought that the ending was too obvious. Like I like they were trying to make it a uh, like a twist or the, not not a twist, but like a surprise. And then it just I was like, yeah, the, they did something in the way that they shot it where I knew what happened. And I, I thought uh, 
I thought it was a bummer because I thought it would have been a better if they, if they would have done it just a little bit differently would have been a big shock at the end. But uh, instead, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, knew it was coming. But um, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was uh, I didn't think it was all that bad. Well, what about chips? No this, interest. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen this one. I have no interest in it. Those trailers were awful. Yeah. And yeah. I like Dax Shepard. I think that uh, in the right thing he's funny but i just thought that this looked abysmal okay now dax shepard also wrote and directed this movie again i haven't seen the movie but both trailers there's like between the two of them eight nine gay jokes in there this whole movie seems to be gay jokes like dax shepard is fucking 12 (laughs) you touched my penis that's funny right (laughs) yeah it's uh it just it, it can it can work like I mean, I'll have I'd I'd have to see the movie to really get full context because you know trailers they're gonna show. I mean, there might be sh- jokes that didn't even make the cut for all we know. So I don't know. I I just I figure if it's on if like six months from now it's on Netflix or something, I might watch it. But uh, simply because I would like to see what you know Dax Shepard wrote and directed. But uh, otherwise, I really I I just don't care. <laughs> Well, then we round out the month with Ghost in the Shell meeting up with Boss Baby. No interest at all in Boss Baby. Ghost in the Shell was just disappointing. I know it's a Paramount picture for you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just disappointing. It wasn't bad, but it definitely wasn't good. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into three things. Boss Baby, you can like. There aren't words to describe how much I don't want to see them in that movie. Ghost of the Shell, I'm curious, and I will see it at some point. But there's a movie that I just recently saw that I thoroughly enjoyed that I know you would hate with the heat of a thousand suns. Saw a movie called Personal Shopper. Really slow burn ghost film with Kristen Stewart. And I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really good. And I think a lot of people uh, that went into this, the trailer made it look like Paranormal Activity 6, you know, where it's just ghosts everywhere and scary stuff happening. And this, it's a lot more about her grief and coming to terms with uh, the heart defect of her brother and that she, being the twin, might also have this. And so she's going to the doctors and then she's pressed because she's living out there and she doesn't want to do this job. And uh, it just, I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was really good. And uh, But it is not a movie for for everybody it is uh really further on the art house spectrum and a lot of people uh just they don't like that kind of thing and there's nothing wrong i mean it's it's personal preference if that's not your kind of movie that's not your kind of movie but uh i thought it was fantastic i really enjoyed it you would hate it (laughs) you would absolutely you'd be 15 minutes in you're like why don't you do something (laughs) well as we go into april i'm sitting here looking at april going i must not have gone to the movies in april for some reason because you didn't want to go see the smurfs i i didn't i didn't go see the case for christ smurfs the lost village going in style colossal aftermath gifted the lost city of z fate of the furious the circle Oh, yeah, God. the the the, o- the only one of these movies I saw was Free Fire, and I didn't see that until just recently. In reality, I don't think I saw a single mo- theatrically released movie in April for some reason. But to be fair, there's a lot of forgettable garbage in this mess that I just m- named, isn't there? Yeah, uh, apparently uh, I did the same thing because uh, I don't know what happened in April. I think oh, uh, wasn't I? I think I got I think I was really sick 
in April. And it really like threw off my like because I went to PAX and I got the PAX plague and then I came back and just uh, I was really out of it for like two weeks. But yeah, I, I did not see I, I I have not seen any of these. Now, I heard Colossal was good, but I haven't seen it yet, so I can't Colossal, say. Um, based on the, tr- the trailer, looks like it's a good idea, but I really do not like Anne Hathaway. And I've actually heard from people who've seen it that she is the biggest problem, that they say she is miscast. Mm, well, I've heard that the trailer is nothing like the actual movie, though. I've heard people say that the trailer completely misrepresents the film. So I don't know. I will see it at some point. I haven't seen Fate of the Furious because I still haven't seen The Last Fast and the Furious. I want to see Free Fire because I really like Ben Wheatley. I think he's Free a great Fire director. Is re- Free Fire is really fun. It's it, it's sharp. It's concise. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. When's the last time you've actually seen a 90-minute theatrically released movie? Those are the anomaly nowadays, aren't they? Yeah, well, unless they're like butchered down or something, but, uh, they are, they are kind of the anomaly. And, uh, cause that was the thing, like when I went to see Valerian, I'm like, oh my God, could this movie be any longer? Everybody tells me Lost City of Z is really good. I watched both trailers and went, no, I have no interest in this at all. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I figure I, I will check that out. Um, but, but the, the biggest one I want to see is Free Fire. I was kind of curious about the circle, but again, I'm like, uh, Emma Watson. I just took a month off and didn't see anything in Apparently April. Apparently I did too. Yeah, April, <laughs> April, it's funny. April ended up being, for, for us, April ended up being the dump month. I yeah. saw more movies in January. You know, I saw a lot in January actually. Well, and then we go into May. We start off with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which, what a surprise, I did not like. I literally laughed at one joke in the entire thing, and it was one of the few jokes. Okay, this is the weird thing. Like with Deadpool. I hated Deadpool. I didn't think it was remotely funny, but I laughed at one joke, and it was the one joke the rest of the audience did not laugh at. It was almost the same thing in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. If that does not sum up my sense of humor, I don't know what else does. Yeah, that sounds about you, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I didn't think it was as good as the first one, but uh, I did enjoy it. I thought it was fun. It made me smile, and uh, I liked uh, I liked seeing Rocket. Then we come to two movies that bombed, both critically and f- and financially. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and Snatched were up against each other. Wow, that was a weekend where nobody won at the box office, huh? What's really depressing is, I mean, like, King Arthur, I, I don't... It's Guy Ritchie, so it's probably good, but I've seen Excalibur and a bazillion other King Arthur movies, and I don't know, I just... I, I just, I don't need to see one more. So I, I might see it at some point, but I just, it's, it's just been retread to death. Now, Snatched bummed me out because Jonathan Levine did, uh, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, which I thought was excellent. And he did Warm Bodies, which I thought was tremendously underrated. And so I was excited about what he was going to do next. And then he does an Amy Schumer movie. And I'm like, I can't, no. I am not, I don't care. I am not going to go see that pile of garbage. I will, I would rather stare at the wall for 90 minutes than watch an Amy Schumer movie. She is terrible. She's the worst. Negative funny. You are a Nazi. You went to not see her movie. (laughs) She stinks. I don't like her. You know know what I didn't like? Alien Covenant. I actually (laughs) think, I no, I I actually think this movie got me more angry than Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I actually think Alien Covenant is the worst film in the Alien franchise. This movie pissed me off more than you can know. Not only does it stupidly rewrite the entire Alien history and come up with tons and tons of contradictions, 
It's a bad movie. It's a terrible sequel to Prometheus. It pisses all over Prometheus. It's a bad movie in and of itself. The characters act nonsensically. The direction is boring. For some reason, a visual director like Ridley Scott decided, let's leech all the color out of it and make it dull and ugly. Nothing in this movie was good. I was actively angry leaving the theater for Alien Covenant. Like, the Alien series is really big for me. Like, it's one of my favorite series of all time. And so I was pretty excited about Covenant because I liked Prometheus. I thought Prometheus was neat, but I didn't really consider Prometheus a straight up alien movie. I liked that it was kind of a spinoff. And that was I think a lot of people were annoyed because it was like, oh, it's not an alien movie. I'm like, well, it's not really supposed to be an alien movie. It's supposed to be kind of its own thing. But then Alien Covenant was absolutely supposed to be an alien movie. And it was not an alien movie. I was infuriated. I think more disappointed than anything. I was so mad at this movie, though. I made two videos about how bad it was. Like, because I said my piece, and then I'm like, you know what? I didn't say no, enough. No, I've got more. <laughs> i got to do it again. I'm like, I, and then I went back and I recorded more, and I'm like, this, look, here's what else sucks. And I'm like, let me clarify why this movie sucks. So uh, I went into that, and uh, I just, I hated the whole rewriting of history with Michael Fassbender. I just thought that uh, you had these incredibly smart, intelligent people that have been training for 10 years how to uh, colonize a planet, and they just do everything stupid. It Alien life form that is the perfect life form that can enter that can enter uh, enter any host through their breathing passages and then come out fully matured like an hour later. But now they're saying that that was the protomorph, that the xenomorph is the evolved version of that. How is that the more evolved version? It's like the thing that comes out is the perfect killing machine. It, it doesn't also need to fact, in, uh, like impregnate the person, you know? It uh, impregnates uh, also the fact air. That, also the fact that it, it, it doesn't fit as a prequel to Alien, because... Remember, in Alien, the space jockey had been dead for so long, it had become fossilized. Ash has a line that the signal has been traveling through space, the warning, for thousands of years. So that ship has been crashed on LV-426 for a minimum of thousands of years, and now we're now Ridley Scott's saying, no, 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 David created the aliens 60 years before that. Yeah, and, go, and on top of that, unless you, Ridley Scott, f*** you. Unless there's time travel, like that is the only way they would, because he said, he's like, no, it'll all make sense. And I'm like, unless there's time travel and See, I don't want time travel. That's I, I, I'm stupid. Not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure anymore because after fan reaction, Fox is like, uh, no, this whole we're giving the franchise to Ridley Scott thing. We're rethinking this. I am baffled because like I, I thought that, I mean, he's, he's a competent director and, and then when I'm reading about it, he's talking about, well, I'm not done tinkering with the story of Alien yet. And I'm like, stop tinkering. You had it perfect 30 years ago. Leave it alone. Speaking of another thing they should have left alone, the end of the month, we rounded out with the Baywatch movie and the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Two films nobody asked for. Eh, I'll eventually see Baywatch. I'm not really like I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, but Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, I again, I don't care. It's this really expensive movie series that makes a ton of money. And I I just I don't care. I don't like I, I thought the first one was really good. And then the second one was horrible. And I started watching the third one and the third one was awful. And so I just was like, no. I, I am not going to do this again. They're three hour long, terrible movies. It just, I, I don't care. 
So I completely bailed on the franchise. I have no interest in them. So I know they have their audience, although the last one is the first one that actually did bad theatrically. There's been a lot of that this year, though, a lot of upsets where they're like, hey, wait, these movies have traditionally done well. Why are they doing bad? Well, maybe because, like, people are tired of them already. Stop making them. So, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, I could I could give two craps. Then we come into June with Wonder Woman. I did not like this movie, and I wanted to. Of course Don't, you didn't. No. This is, this is, this is not a you being a DC apologist, me not liking DC thing. I wanted to like this movie. I've always liked the character. I wanted to like this movie. It's full of obvious plot twists. It's full of terrible writing, paper thin characterization, ridiculous plot points. I just did not like this film. I thought it was a terrible film. And then when everybody's praising it, I'm starting to wonder, did I see a different cut of this movie than the rest of you did? I liked Wonder Woman a lot. I thought it was uh, I thought it was really good. I thought Gal Gadot did a great job. I like Chris Pine. All of it. It just it felt very sweeping. It just uh, it was it was really, really entertaining. And uh, aside from a little bit too much, I mean, the ending, yes was not that big of a surprise and the um the the all the jumping uh at the end i could have done without but overall everything that led up to that was incredibly entertaining and then the ending was uh a little little more over the top but i still as a whole very much enjoyed it and uh thought that it was uh it was really good then we had the mummy which might actually be my most uh, i don't want to say my most disappointing but I wanted this movie to work. See, a lot of people don't like the whole Dark Universe, although it's a stupid name. But I think Universal did this back in the 30s and 40s. They could do it again. The Mummy was a terrible movie. Only positive that came from The Mummy was Russell Crowe was badass in it. Other than that, this movie was a waste. It was it was life force for stupid people. The Mummy, I'm pretty much on on the same page. I was uh, I was nervous. I had a feeling it was going to suck, and it pretty much did. Uh, Russell Crowe was the saving grace of the film, and I when they got to the whatever they called it, you know, facility of secret stuff and he was prodigium when he was uh dr jekyll and mr hyde was great it was acting rings around tom cruise and i actually i'd like tom cruise in the right role russell crowe was just so good and i'm like i want this movie i want the dr jekyll and mr hyde movie of him building the prodigium and putting that all together and then we could have maybe had the mummy movie it just felt like they made this because the mummy was their big success back in 99 and dracula failed they wanted this to happen so bad that they were uh, just they they shoved Tom Cruise in there and it should not have been a Tom Cruise movie. Uh, it was really abysmal and uh, it should have been uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde building the prodigium and then they could have went from there. That would have been so much better because he was more interesting. He was a better character. Uh, he was better suited for this. And uh, whenever he was on screen, I was enjoying the film. And then when they switched back to Tom Cruise, I switched back to not enjoying the film. Well, and then after that, we came to Cars 3, which nobody enjoyed. And then we came. Nope. I have not seen Rough Night. Just based on the trailers, isn't Rough Night just a chick version of very bad things? Yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, it looks. Uh, it looks like it's beat for freaking beat. It looks that was my first impression. I'm watching it and I'm like, wow. So they made they made this they remade this. You know, they did the all female version of very bad things. 
it looks like a pile of, gra- uh, pile of garbage. And uh, nope, not going to watch it. We came up with Book of Henry. I haven't seen this yet, but I have heard that Book of Henry is so batshit bad that it's it. I've had people comparing it to this movie is going to be the next The Room. Book of Henry is so misguided and takes itself so seriously that this is the modern The Room. I haven't even heard of it. I never even heard of it until now. Then you had Transformers The Last Night. You know what? I just don't care. Then you have, oh my god, The Big Sick. The trailer was enough to turn me off of The Big Sick. I have absolutely no interest in that. It looked terrible. But this month also brought us the limited release of The Bad Batch, which I thought was interesting. Just that Suki Waterhouse, Jason Mimosa one where Keanu Reeves is like a Jim Jones character in a not quite post-apocalyptic future. Jim Carrey is a bum that has no dialogue. The trailers do missell the Bad Batch, but not necessarily in a bad way. The trailers sold me a Road Warrior meets Miz 45 movie, and that is in there. But that's not the main plot. Bad Batch, it makes some mistakes, but I really, I enjoyed the movie overall. I have not seen it yet, but uh, it's on my list of, uh, you know, things to see. Well, then we come to the film that's probably going to divide us the most, Baby Driver. I hated this movie. I did not like it. I will say, Lily James was cute as hell in this movie, d- doing her best Macchin Amick from Twin Peaks, but Lily James could not save this movie. I hated this film. The The use of music was fine. The third act was a train wreck, where it turns into a freaking slasher movie. I wasn't buying the film up to this point. Ansel Elgort is so punchable in this that I just didn't want Baby to win. He was such a jerk. Kevin Spacey, his about face at the end makes no sense. John Barenthal, why is he even credited as a star when he vanishes after 15 minutes in the movie? Jamie Foxx is playing this, like, the whole movie like he's in a freaking In Living Color sketch. John Hamm looks like this is a paycheck movie. I don't know why everybody loved Baby Driver. Uh, I will correct you on one thing. I would think Lily James was channeling Machin Amick in Sleepwalkers more so than uh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> no, see, the reason I go Twin Peaks, she had the diner, the waitress outfit and everything, which I, I even posted on my Facebook page, remember? A picture of Machin and of Lily, and they are they look like almost twins. There's no way Edgar Wright didn't have Lily James' first appearance in this movie as, as a, a throwback to to Shelley from Twin Peaks. There's no way he, that it was a coincidence. She kind of, I, just, just for me, I don't know. She reminded me more of, uh, like same, same actress, different, you know, well, movie as opposed to, uh, to TV, uh, TV show. But, but Lily uh, James was cute as freaking hell in this, wasn't oh, she? Oh, I, I fell in love with her. I was like, I get it. I liked Baby Driver a lot. Thought that it was really good. Um, I did not mind the directions it went in. I was actually surprised. Uh, my only gripe, I kind of do agree with you. Kevin Spacey is just a, a like by the book dickhead. And then at the end of the movie, it's like, I believe in love. It comes out of nowhere. I don't know. You kind of did, but I don't know. It, it, it didn't bother me because like, in the grand scheme of things, I still really enjoyed flow of the movie. I enjoyed the the action sequences. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed just the the way that it was done. The the um musicality of the of the chase sequences with the music lining up with the edits and all that. I thought it was really well done. Jamie Foxx was like uh, I already don't like Jamie Foxx, 
he did play a character that was really hateable. And so that kind of helped but it a little bit it more. So, but he played it so over the top. It was like he was in a, he was like flashing back to his in living color days. I didn't see it like that. I just saw him playing a, a real over the top bad guy. Well, and then we ended the month with Despicable Me 3, which I don't care about. And I'm going to assume you don't either. The first one, I genuinely enjoyed. I did not think I would like the first movie. And I was like, you know what? I thought that was really cute and it was funny. And uh, I expected I was going to hate it, but I ended up really enjoying it. I had no interest in two, three, or the Minions movies. I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm done. And then my parents or somebody in my family bought uh, my son a Minion and I'm like, no, no, get it out of here. Like, we are not going down this road. But one movie you didn't mention, and I'm going to bring it up, 47 Meters Down, I very much enjoyed. Um, it's See, I, I wanted to see that one, but my girlfriend was straight up, I don't like shark movies. So I, I got to wait till video for that. Oh, she, she did not. She, she did not want to go see a shark movie in the theater. Oh, she'd hate it then because it is so shark movie. Like, oh, no, no, I, I, I've seen the trailer and I know what happens in the movie. But she just uh, we went to go see something else that weekend. I don't remember what, but it was like 47 meters down. She's like, no, it's a shark movie. Well, and then we come into July. We start off with Spider-Man Homecoming. I enjoyed, but I have a lot of problems with. One of the problems can go down to the story. It has seven credited screenwriters. You can kind of tell. The story is not nearly as focused as it should be in neither of the characters, but the part that bothered me the most was Spider-Man doesn't get to Spider-Man in this movie. His Siri suit does everything for him. It, it, it seems like anybody could wear the Siri suit he's given by, by Tony Stark. I don't understand why Peter Parker needed to be in this. The suit was like another Iron Man armor. Had all these options, and he could do this, and it allowed him to fly, and the suit had all these web combinations, and it's like, can Spider-Man not Spider-Man? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, after, like I really enjoyed it when I first saw it, but the more I thought about it, there were little nitpicky things like that. Like, it's like, yeah, it really was like he got an Iron Man suit, and uh, my other... Gr well, I this is kind of twofold gripes. One... No spider sense, except although for the he fact did have it in Civil War, he had it in Civil War. So that was my thing, where the director's like, "Well, they like I after I saw it, I went and I read, and the director's like, well, every Spider-Man movie, he's always had the spider sense, so we don't want to use that.' Well, that's a integral part of the character. Why would that be that? Th that would be like, well, in every Spider-Man movie, he shot web, and we're not going to do that for this one. Like, it just seemed very dumb. It seemed like a very odd, like, line in the sand. No, we're not going to do this. Still, in all, overall, I very much enjoyed it. I thought that uh, the kid was a really good, uh, he was he was a really good Peter Parker and a really good Spider-Man. Uh, but Michael Keaton stole this movie from him. Oh, Michael Keaton is great. I was really happy. Like, I, I think he is such an underappreciated actor. And so it was great to see him finally getting some comeuppance. My other nitpick was Zendaya, who I like. Like, uh, I used to watch, she, there was a Disney Channel show that my wife always watched called Shake It Up, and, uh, we watched her on that. And so I was kind of happy that, you know, of course that was Disney putting her in there because she's a Disney Channel, uh, actress. I didn't like, like, she was just this mopey, miserable, like, she was the, like, you could have removed her from the movie and it would have changed nothing. And, like, I just kind of was irritated by her character. And then at the end, when you find out that, you know, she's M she's going to be MJ, even though I'm kind of like, really? 
Well, and then we have War of the Planet, War for the Planet of the Apes, which I have not seen because I haven't seen the two previous ones because I hated the first one. Everyone says War is pretty good, but again, th- this is not my Poda franchise. My Poda franchise was in the 60s and 70s. I saw the first one and I was amazed at how much I liked it. I thought it was going to be another pile of crap remake and thought it was really good. And then for whatever reason, I didn't see the second one. And then the third one's out and I'm like, oh, crap, I still need to see the second one. So I have not seen two or three. So I will probably one night get two and three and just uh, watch them back to back. But I uh, have not seen. Well, and then Dunkirk came out. The Christopher Nolan movie, which, because of Christopher Nolan being attached to it, I will not ever see that. Then we came to Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which I know you've seen, and I just... I looked at that and they were, they were pushing this trailer hard. I must have seen this trailer before a half dozen movies and went, no, I don't care. This looks terrible. And from all indications, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was ho- like, I think that Luke Besson can do well. Like, I still think that, uh, uh, Leon is just an incredible film. I'm kind of, I like parts of the fifth element. I think visually, aesthetically, it's, it's very pleasing. It's very pretty. Uh, I like Mila Jovovich. I like, uh, Bruce Willis. I like, um, a lot of the characters in it. Can't stand Ruby Rod. Shows up, never leaves the movie just completely ruins it for me. So I was kind of hoping that Valerian had the look of the fifth element with uh, not annoying characters and was maybe a return to like big space operas because really aside from Star Trek and Star Wars, we don't have these giant sci-fi space opera films anymore. Like it's really kind of narrowed down to just those two. And I was hoping this being based on a comic book that maybe uh, we would have a new franchise going. And after seeing this, I will never watch another one. They do decide to make another one, which they probably won't because it tanked really hard. Dane DeHaan was horrible. Like, the movie talk like this. And uh, Cara Delevingne, who, like, yes, she's very pretty, just kind of was there to say dumb lines and the the story was was incredibly bad it took way too long to get anywhere visually yes it was pretty but everything that was interesting about the movie they didn't focus on and everything that was stupid they focused on dialogue was horrible just it it went on hour longer than it should have and uh i i stopped caring i just wanted it to end i wanted the pain to end Okay, the Emoji Movie is one of the most critically reviled films of the year so far. And it opened against Atomic Blonde, a film I love. So, of course, it trounced Atomic Blonde in box office. Atomic Blonde is good. Emoji Movie's not. So, of course, everyone goes to see Emoji Movie. I loved Atomic Blonde. One moment that pulled me out of the film, and that is they made a really moronic decision. The whole movie is filled with 80s. It takes place in 1989, right like a week before the Berlin Wall falls. The whole movie is filled with 80s music and period-specific music, except at one point, Ministry Stigmata starts playing, and it's the 2017 Marilyn Manson cover of Stigmata. And I was like, what the fuck? That pulled me straight out of the movie. I don't know if that was a creative decision or they lost the rights at the last minute. I thought Atomic Blonde was great. My my only complaint story-wise in it, well, not even story-wise, but film-wise, was Sophia Batella. Now, she did not give a bad performance, 
But when she's going up against John Goodman, Charlize Theron, and James McAvoy, she really came across as the newcomer. Her performance was not nearly on the same level as the rest of these people. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of could see that. I think that, uh, she did good, but I mean, she also was playing the naive new spy. So I kind of did, I took her at that. You know, she was naive and she wasn't delivering a performance that was on par with the rest of the people in the movie. I'm the same way. I thought Atomic Blonde was excellent. I really enjoyed it. I didn't get pulled out the Marilyn Manson moment simply because when the song played and it wasn't the ministry version, I just assumed that maybe because they had done international versions of songs like they did. Um, uh, what was the, the major uh, Tom? Uh, they, they, they actually, they actually used the German version of 99 loft balloons. Yeah, they did, they did the, the German version of 99 Left Balloons. They did the German version of major Tom. So I thought that maybe, this was an international ver- you know international cover of ministry or something so i didn't know until afterwards so it didn't take me out it's just that i was expecting ministry and then it was like oh wait that's totally not ministry so i was just like oh it must be you know must be a cover that i i never heard up to this point so that one didn't really ruin it for me atomic blonde i loved it that's uh so far one of my favorite movies of the year i just uh really like i was smiling the entire film i very much enjoyed it and as far as emoji movie not gonna see it I ref- I'm putting my foot down. Like I've, I probably would have made a, a, a decent amount of money if I did see it and reviewed it because a lot of people, uh, you know, they like to, uh, just look for hate reviews. Like this movie, you know, this review, this movie is notorious, like, like with pixels, you know, oh, this movie sucks. So I'm going to go watch every review of it and hear how much it sucks. And with the emoji movie, I'm like, I'm not putting money in Sony's pocket for like, I'm not rewarding them for making this complete i mean there is literal shit in the movie it is a talking pile of shit patrick stewart played by patrick stewart that hurts like that's just like i can't wrap my head about that that is just complete suckage so i refuse to see the emoji movie i if if at some point if it's on and i have to watch it i'm i might but as far as uh, having a decision, I refuse to watch it. We end up to current times here. The Dark Tower and Annabelle Creation. Now, I have not seen Annabelle Creation because f- the Conjuring franchise, the Warrens are known scam artists, and they, they keep selling these things as based on true events. So I will never put money in Warner Brothers' New Line's pocket for that, that goddamn lie of a franchise. I don't want to talk too much about Dark Tower because we're going to do a Stephen King movie retrospective within the next month. But Dark Tower, I think your initial review that you sent, Peter and I, sum up Dark Tower. I'm going to quote, Dark Tower fucking blue. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw it two days later, but that was your initial review. Yeah, uh, that was I, I had just gotten home. I turned on my computer to get ready to record and uh, Facebook popped up and I was just like, ah, let me just send it to these guys real quick. Dark Tower fucking blue. It did. It fucking blew. It was awful. Uh, it's going to be in my bottom five of the, of the year for sure. I can't see uh, it. It just I mean, if there is a director's cut that comes out and it fixes the film, 
I will be more than happy to watch that. I'll be if it comes like I'm just curious to see it. Same thing with like the Bye Bye Man. I want to see the the uh, the unrated cut. But with the Dark Tower, uh, there have been numerous people that told me that apparently there was a big war at the studio and there was an hour cut out of the film. And I know how much it having, feels like it though too. Having stuff cut out of a film can really ruin it. Because I thought that uh, Idris Elba, I thought he did a good job and I liked the kid and uh, Matthew McConaughey. I thought Jake's was mom. Jake's oh, Jake's mom. mom was so freaking cute oh i loved her i really i wanted more of her in the movie and uh and jackie earl haley was like barely in the movie and so yeah there's there's something going on so i want to see like what the original cut is and if it's good then yeah man great but the theatrical cut was a stink bomb now i had just seen annabelle creation the other day and i begrudgingly went to see this because annabelle the first one stunk on ice it was horrible. And I mean, what would you expect from the director of Mortal Kombat Annihilation? So, uh, but when I heard that Annabelle Creation was being done by David F. Sandberg, who was the guy who did Lights Out, because I liked Lights Out a lot. And I was like, okay, this could be very much a Ouija 2 thing. Whereas Ouija 1 was abysmal. And then they hired uh, Mike Flanagan, who did Oculus, to do that. And it was really good. And then it was like, oh, look, even more of a coincidence. It's got uh, Lulu, oh, God, Lulu... Uh, Wilson, Lulu Wilson. It's got Lulu in this, who was in Ouija 2 and now in Annabelle Creation. And she was also really good in that. Very good. A little more jump scares than I would have liked, but story wise, I thought it was good. It was, uh, it was fun. It was entertaining. Anthony LaPaglia, it was great to see him on the big screen again. I haven't seen him in a movie in a while, and that's because the movies that he's been doing have been movies that I'm not interested in. Very enjoyable, and uh, I kind of liked uh, I, I liked the direction that they went with it, so I was happy. The Warrens are frauds. I won't argue. They're, with... they're the only ones who won't admit it. I don't know. I, I, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into that with you. Like, I'm not looking at it from that aspect. I'm looking at, is it a good movie or is it not a good movie? And the movie says they are. I think that they've been good. Except for Annabelle. Annabelle sucked ass. Well, then I want to mention a couple of films that are not technically out yet, but are this year. Now, the, right now they're just playing the festival circuit, but I've gotten screeners for a couple of interesting films. Sequence Break, which is basically... Videodrome for video games. You and Peter just got screeners, and the director will hopefully be coming on this show in the next month. I thought that was very, very interesting. There is a new vampire comedy out called The Night Watchman, which I'm like, oh, vampires in a comedy? It is hilarious. It's way funnier than it has any right to be, and it's literally all built around character interaction. It's a movie that's all about the way the characters are interacting with one another, and I laughed more than I really wanted to in this movie. There is one of the most unique zombie movies of the last, I don't know, 15 years called It Stains the Sands Red. I can't even tell you too much about the plot, but... It does things I have not seen in a zombie movie in a unique way. I loved all three of those. And Night Watchmen, I didn't want to like, but I could not stop laughing at some of the genuine humor in it. I would so. like to plug uh, a movie that uh, I just saw last week, and I just put up a review of it, uh, a movie called The Ice Cream Truck. It's not going to be out until next week. It'll be out next week on uh, Video On Demand. It's, um, it's like the posters make it look like a straight-up horror film. And it's not really not at all what I was expecting and not a horror movie, more of like a mystery thriller kind of psychological thing. Really like I, I liked it. I thought it was very good and I thought it was uh, unique and uh, something different. It was different. 
and that was nice. I like I like it when something kind of subverts my expectations different way. Like it's like because usually I get my expectations and then it goes into the toilet like Alien Covenant. Whereas this, I was expecting one thing and I got another, but it was in a good way. So yeah, that one will be out next week. So uh, I think that's definitely worth checking out. Aren't we hipsters recommending all the movies people can't see? I know, right? That's a, that that drives some people nuts. They're like, where can I see this? They're like, ah, oh, you can see it next week. Ah, I'm like, it's it's a week, you know. The, the ones I got, I got from the Fantasia Film Festival to review for Forces of Geek, and it's like, yeah, none of these have distribution deals. So I kind of feel like I'm I'm forced. I'm telling people, go see these cool movies that you can't go see. Where can people find Cecil? You can find me at goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflicks on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Radiodrome is a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.